Now I assume all of us have been in a situation or different situations where you're talking to someone or in a conversation, whether you're deeply involved or you're just kind of on the outskirts, and someone starts talking in a way or in an accent or in so low that you can't understand what they're saying. And I'd be willing to bet that that is one of the most annoying things on the face of the earth that when you're trying to talk to someone and you can't understand what they're saying. Maybe you've talked to someone with a different language, you don't know what they're saying. Uh, it, it, can be, it can be tough. And so, welcome back today to what we're going to talk about. With that in mind, the uh, question is, what does speaking in tongues mean? Now, some of us have heard this phrase growing up in church or being around the church for some amount of time. You hear some people speaking of that. Maybe you read your Bible and you see that. What in the world is this? Or maybe you've been around people who claim to speak in tongues. Now, what we're going to do, we're, we're going to look at what that actually means biblically. We're going to also look at a little bit how uh, modern day, and you can't see me, but I'm doing the, the fingerprints of these tongues, uh, how that fits in with Scripture, uh, the way that we see what we call, some people call tongues today. What is that? Uh, biblically, we see tongues in, 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 in a few different places. We see them predominantly... Uh, in the book of Acts, in the very earliest portions of Acts. We also see it uh, in 1 Corinthians, uh, which it's helpful to note that those are uh, two of the earliest uh, recorded. Acts was obviously the the beginning of the New Testament church. Uh, 1 Corinthians is one of the first New Testament letters to a church. So we are very, very early on in the church so we can understand this gift of tongues. You're like, what in the world does that mean? Uh, It's going to come into play in just a moment. What is it, though? We didn't come for all the history lesson. What in the world is speaking in tongues? Well, you might have heard speaking in tongues something like this. You have someone on stage, and they start speaking, for lack of a better term, gibberish. It's an unknown language. It's something that no one has any idea what they're saying. They just ramble and babble and to be honest, it's a pretty confusing because you don't know what in the world's going on. It might be scary. I've heard people say, I've seen people do that, and I get scared. Yeah, uh, it could be. What, what in the world is going on, and, and, and is that biblical, what they're doing? Now, as with anything, uh, when we see in uh, the Bible, in the New Testament especially, where we're talking about today, where we see this gift of tongues, there's always going to be a proper understanding, which, as I always tell you, Context is king. When we see tongues, what's going on? When we see it in, in the beginning of Acts, as I said, uh, and a lot of people that in Pentecostal circles, uh, they will go back and they will, they will be the ones who claim to have the gift of speaking in tongues. Some people will even say, go so far and say this, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not actually saved, which is uh, outrageous, which is a complete lie. Now, what is it? Let's go back to the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. Uh, we see Peter there. Uh, something we need to know about Pentecost. Pentecost was a Jewish festival, which was 50 days after the Passover. So we can understand Penta, 50. They all to go to get Pentecost. It was a day. And all of the people from all around, all the people who were uh, involved in Judaism, who were devout Jews, they would come to Jerusalem from all over the globe. And they came for this festival And there Peter stands up in Acts 2, and he begins preaching the gospel. Now, if you have people from all over the known world 
coming to one central location, do you think they all speak the same language? Absolutely not. They wouldn't have. They would have spoken different languages. Some of them Latin. Some of them they're Hebrew. Some of them Greek. They would have known different dialects. Have you ever heard someone, uh, maybe from South Louisiana, who they're speaking English, but their English is totally different than someone who actually <laughs> speaks English. Maybe that was the case. And so what you see, the first gift of tongues, is those people who were there hearing Peter preach the gospel on the day of Pentecost, they heard him in their own tongue. The Greek word for tongue, it means language. And that's going to be so helpful. That Peter wasn't up there speaking gibberish. But Peter was speaking his own language in his own mind. And somehow the people around there who spoke four or five different languages heard the same gospel message in their own tongue or language. And so that's where it comes to be. The first instance we see tongues speaking in the New Testament. We see another somewhat peculiar place in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 through 14 deals with spiritual gifts. It deals with all kinds of spiritual gifts. Uh, tongues being the one for today, we'll just focus on it. We see this, that, that, that Corinth, the, the city of Corinth, was the cultural melting pot of the day. You would have had another instance where there was going to be people who spoke all different kind of languages. Again, the church is new. The church is a new concept. The gospel to the Gentile world is a new message, that Christ died, that he actually extended his grace to unworthy, undeserved sinners, and that they need to hear this message in order to be saved. And so God supernaturally gave this gift of tongues to, we see here, to the, somehow in, in, in the church of Corinth. Now, from our understanding of Acts, tongues means languages, known languages. And if you read 1 Corinthians 14, uh, you see something going on. You see Paul correcting an abuse of this gift or thought gift that they would have probably, most historians, biblical historians agree, that they would have tried to fake this gift of tongues, and guess what? So they could look more spiritual. We see that today. We see that today in a lot of different circles well, they, where they will actually elevate themselves because they speak in tongues, and, or allegedly speak in tongues, and look down on someone who doesn't speak in tongues. Again, air quotes again. While all the while they're doing just gibberish. It's not a known language. And so what we have here in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul saying, in essence, you guys have it wrong. You guys are completely out of order with a lot of things, the whole church. If you read 1 Corinthians, you will be blown away by the things that they had way wrong. And so the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write this letter so that we could have a correction of, of what good order in worship looks like. In this instance, this gift of tongues. Now, like I said, they would have spoken different languages. And so God supernaturally gave this gift of tongues for someone, for instance, for me. I do not speak Spanish. In fact, some of the mission work that I've done, I've gone to Spanish-speaking countries, and in order for me to preach the gospel to people, I have to have another person translate for me so that they can understand. Now, here's what the gift of tongues would look like. Me, not knowing Spanish, going into a village who does not know English. Me having the supernatural ability to speak Spanish to them clearly so that they could understand. That's what it would look like. Now, we don't see that today. We don't see that at all. Now, there's, there's some 
kind of fringe stories where people will talk about. I went to this unreached place and I spoke their language and I never knew their language before. I, I, I can't validate that. I can't say that that's true or untrue. I haven't seen it. Uh, I know for me, I, I know throughout really the church at large today, that, that, that gift is, is uh, either ceased or inactive or so rare that it is just uh, unseen virtually. But what we do see is an abuse of that gift, 100% an abuse. Tongues were never to be an unknown language. 100%, when you read the scriptures, especially 1 Corinthians 14, if you will take the real meaning of tongues, which I said is language, and when you see it referencing tongues in your English Bible, do an exercise, take the word tongues, and write out to the side or write in your head, language, languages. It becomes so clear. Now, what we have today, we can argue whether tongues are for today or whether tongues are not for today. But here's what we see. Every time tongues is allegedly going on, it's never a known language. It's someone in some made-up tongue that nobody understands because it's not real. They uh, speak more than one at a time, which is forbidden per 1 Corinthians 14. And also, per 1 Corinthians 14, it's a lot of the time women speaking in tongues, which, that same chapter, forbids women from speaking in tongues, from speaking in the church prophetically, or from speaking in tongues publicly at all. So, right out of the gate, if you see that happening, it's out of line. Also, per 1 Corinthians 14, if someone were to speak in tongues, there has to be an interpreter Someone who knows what he's saying. For instance, if I were to speak, if I had this gift and I spoke Spanish, there would be a lot of English-speaking people around that didn't know Spanish. So there would, be half, there would have to be someone to translate for me. We don't see that. Sometimes you have a translator and they'll just make up something. That's, that, 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 that is just so foolish. It's, it's not. But that, oftentimes that, that, that is not the case. I don't know that I've ever seen that uh, personally. If you have an instance, you know. Send it to me or whatever, and I'll, I'll, uh, we'll talk about it. But uh, even when you read 1 Corinthians 14, the gift of tongues is pretty much downplayed. He's saying, uh, uh, Paul Paul here is talking about, hey, you guys are missing it. 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter of love, he's elevating. You guys should be loving. You, you guys should be loving above all things. He speaks in hypotheticals there. If I speak in the tongues of angels, and he's using kind of a almost another Fingerprints of tongues of angels, yet I have not love. I'm just a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. He's just a bunch of noise, is what he's talking about. And so when we look at this, we see, wait a minute. Tongues today, or as we see it, has nothing to do with tongues we see in Scripture. And you can rest assured that if it's an unknown language, someone speaking publicly, that is not the biblical gift of tongues. Now, do we just say, you guys miss it all, you're probably not even saved, cast them out? No. Uh, we go back to 1 Corinthians 13, right? We should love them. We should pray for them. Pray that they would read the scripture, right? That they would study the scripture for us as well. You wouldn't ask this question if you didn't know what it was. Uh, so we guys need, we need to realize that the scripture has all that we need for life and godliness. We also need to see that, man, this is the, the gift of tongues is such a small thing in, in, in context of the New Testament. 
What's very important, and even what Paul's getting at in 1 Corinthians, what's more important is preaching the word, is sharing the gospel, is praying for other people, is loving Christ, loving others with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, is obeying Christ. These are, these are the big issues, if you will, uh, that Paul just honestly puts a correction on a certain church for their abuse of tongues. And I agree that he would say a lot of the same about tongues if he saw them today. He'd probably write something very similar uh, to what he wrote to First Corinthian, to, to the, the Corinthian church. Now also, you say, well, has the church always uh, had this understanding? No. Virtually the gift of, or the thought gift of tongues was nowhere to be seen in Christian Orthodox circles. What I mean by Orthodox circles is people who truly believe the Bible, real Christians, tongues were nowhere to be found after about 60 A.D. until the early 1900s. There was a movement, the Pentecostal movement. They believed that the Holy Spirit came upon them again. Wait a minute. Like he left, he, he didn't leave. Uh, he, he has been here, and so there was this second blessing, this new wave of God that has sparked the modern-day Pentecostal movement where they spoke in tongues, and they had these supernatural gifts just to distract from the clear message of the gospel, from the clear teaching of the Word, from the clear commands of Scripture, just to add another thing in there. Now also, let's think of this. And I'm giving you way more than you would bargain for when you, talk, when you asked about tongues. Uh, so you guys have a lot, to, lot to listen to today. In our congregation, in our church, let's just do youth for this, for instance. All of us speak English. What good would it be if I got up there and started speaking some unknown language in front of you guys? How does that help you learn God's Word? Be taught the scriptures, grow in your knowledge of the Lord. It doesn't. It makes you, or it really, it could elevate me and make you think that I'm super spiritual. I don't want that. I want you to know that I'm nothing, that I'm worthless. I'm going to clear. I'm going to speak clear English to you from the English Bible uh, that has come to us through literal blood. People have died so that we can have the Bible in our own language. We're going to read it, we're going to study it, we're going to pray together in our own known tongue, which is English, and, and, and we're going to do the things that God calls us to do in His Word. And so, I hope that helps you guys uh, understand what speaking in tongues is. A lot, of, a lot of people don't take the time to explain that, and so uh, pay attention, study for yourself, see it, see it as clearly as it is. And I know for me, when I, when, I, when I saw this, the confusion went away. Because I, I tell you this, the enemy wants us to be confused about what's, what God's Word is. And he wants us to make us feel like we're missing out on something. And so we miss being content in Christ and what he's done and what he's given us through his clear Word. You guys have a good week. See y'all Sunday. Bring a friend. Come hang out with us at the well. Uh, love you guys. <laughs>